You got Pats next week? Yeah, cross country. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, hold on tight. We got a ride going here. And then after that, it went downhill in a hurry. Well, you're back. Well, I hope we, I hope we bring lots of funk. I, mean, I, I would appreciate that. I like the funk. Jeff Fisher, hard my life, he'd shit the bed every year. Like if these guys were, you know, running a pension fund or something, that some shyster would have, would have stolen all their money already. Hi, this is Jerry Kramer, and you're listening to The Sweep. Oh, I have sizzle. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. All right, here we go, fella. Let's have a little fun today. What is happening, Pack Nation? Welcome back to The Sweep. I am your host, Fred Thurston, and with me again, Cameron Gilbert. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Always, always. I hope that everyone out there, all of the fans, the listeners, enjoyed the bye week, maybe took some time to enjoy the changing weather, uh, took some time to pray uh, for some type of way to lessen the damage that we are about to inevitably take on. Uh, because coming out of this bye week, the bye week, we have some serious work ahead of us. Uh, we've got the undefeated Rams in LA on Sunday afternoon, which we will get into a little later when we will be joined by Sean Wilkinson of SB Nation's Turf Show Times, covering none other than the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, and then we go over to the other side of the country and the New England Patriots. That's We'll get into that next show. Uh, But first, a quick shout out to our sponsors, The Ground Round and Nina and Pride and Glory Clothing Company. Uh, Make sure you check them both out on Twitter and Facebook or online at groundroundnina.com and prideandglory63.com. Pride and Glory just released their latest shirt, Throwback Pack, featuring some of the 60s greats behind Lombardi. Uh, Only 30 were made and and that's it. So make sure you guys check them out. You can check them out, prideandglory63.com or on Facebook. Uh, they're going fast, so get on them. Uh, and make sure you guys follow us, The Sweep, on Facebook. Go up to that little search button, type in The Sweep. That's where we're at. You can follow us on Twitter at The Sweep Podcast. Um, iTunes, you guys can go ahead and subscribe to that. And we are now on SoundCloud, so you guys can get involved with that. Lots of different ways to listen to us. Uh, so we'll be around. Now we, now we have to do business. Now we got to get into some serious stuff. Um, obviously, we have the Rams coming up. That is our next opponent next, within a day. But I want to talk. I want to take a little time here and check down on the 49ers game last Monday night. Um, nothing to be super pumped about uh, in my mind. Uh, some interesting formations we saw early on, some play calls. I enjoyed that. Um, both Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery were underutilized out of the backfield. Shocking. Uh, another shocking statistic, Nick Perry, guess what? No sacks, no tackles, nothing. Basically invisible. Uh, let up some big plays. Uh, we got some big plays, but once again, the game solely relied on the arm and skill of Aaron Rodgers and, and It wasn't coaching. It wasn't the game plan. It wasn't the scheming. It was Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, even though he doesn't look 100%. 
Um, so let me ask you this, Cam, going, you know, forward, I guess, uh, we can obviously get into more of the Niner game, but does Mike McCarthy finally submit and allow either Philbin or Rogers to take full control, or maybe it's just Rogers. I mean, Philbin is the one making the game plans. McCarthy is calling the plays. Rogers is executing them. I think we've all kind of looked at the, the scheme and the play calling. So I guess you could say Philbin and McCarthy have some issues here. What part of the link do you think is, is the most torn? Well, I think last week we, we started really strong and uh, we ended really strong. And I think the, the whole key to the beginning of that game was we got some running going. Uh, it was incredibly effective. And then we had the play action working, which allowed like the mid mid range and long range passing game to work. Um, you know, for some reason, McCarthy doesn't want to start the short passing game. For some reason, he refuses to choose a bell cow back, uh, which should obviously be Aaron Jones. Um, and nobody could get any tread going. I mean, he, he doesn't seem to understand the concept of a hot hand um, or uh, rhythm as a running back. Um, but it makes the rest of your offense so much better. And uh, you saw when uh, Bulaga went down in that game, uh, there were some ugly stretches in the middle of the game. And, and one thing that keeps you from that and one thing that settles in any offensive lineman uh, is, is, is running the ball. There's just so much that we're regretting. There's so many moves that we're not making, uh, both in the game and as an organization, that uh, it's, 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 just, it's just one of those things where it's just feeling like it's slipping away. And fast. Yeah. I feel like it's really taking a downfall in a way, way too fast. One, one guy who I think, though, has not fallen and has risen, uh, a guy you have talked about in a lot of episodes, MVS, looking like a little bit of a stud out there. MVS looks great. And that, that back shoulder pass that he caught yes. in the fourth quarter was beautiful. Um, he's going to be stealing some snaps from uh, Geronimo probably. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see him play because he can play out of the slot too. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. Yeah, very versatile. Coming out of the draft, he was, I'll be honest, was not my favorite of, of the three receivers. I thought he had a lot of raw potential, um, but I thought it was going to take some time. Um, but he has seemed to, to grasp the play pretty quickly and seems to earned Rogers trust, um, which is, you know, always the topic of, of wide receivers. Whenever we discuss any new receivers have to earn Rogers trust, 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 trust. Um, which if you go to uh, the Wisconsin state journal, there's actually a great article that came out earlier this week um, talking all about the trust and how Aaron Rodgers uh, throughout his entire tenure with the green Bay Packers, uh, consistently tests his receivers throughout the week during practice in film, uh, just constantly testing them. He might ask them a question and you might come back two months later and ask the same question. You might ask the same question the next day, uh, different types of formations and reads and things like that. He expects a ton from these receivers. And I think these receivers are willing to, you know, obviously go the extra mile because it's Aaron Rodgers, but 
all the people to make that step, you know, MVS, I'm I'm super impressed. I'm excited about it. We're talking about the guy that ran an incredible 40, you know, he's looking like the best one on the shelf. And that's, that's exciting. Adding speed like that can be a dangerous weapon for us. Yeah. And this is, again, this is why you draft three wide receivers, um, all of whom have overlapping skill sets, but pretty different skill sets. Um, and they're all tall and they're all fast. And you just hope that, you know, one of them, maybe two of them hits. And I think when you find that type of connection, I mean, like I said, this reminds me so much of uh, Devontae, Devontae's rookie season with, with the communication with Aaron on the field and, you know, holding each other accountable and uh, just like coaching them up within the game. Um, th- that trust is so important and, and you're talking about it. I think like just, just Aaron Rodgers liking you uh, or seeing something in you um, I mean, he, he said about Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones reminded him of Ryan Grant. So, I mean, that's like play Aaron Jones if, that's, if that makes Aaron Rodgers feel good. And yet eight rushes. Eight rushes. And, eight rushes. and, and you saw how effective play action was at the beginning of that yeah. game because we were running and then we just went away from it. And then we kept running play action and nobody cared because there's yeah. no threat of the run. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty good defense that they have uh, in San Francisco. But, uh, yeah, that was – it just doesn't make any sense, some of the decisions he makes within the context of a game. It wasn't a pretty game. It, 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 it's hard to watch sometimes, but a win's a win. That's what we always say. It was what we needed to go into the bye. Um, and now we have this extra week, extra week of you know, talking about the, the opponent, uh, articles coming out, lots of stuff happening. Uh, you brought up a couple articles when we had talked, um, the Packers run game, and then Domovsky's article about the dark period of Ted Thompson's last few drafts, which is a rough one because of me being such a Ted Thompson fan. It, it's hard to not – I read it, and it's hard to not agree – with what he wrote because the stats and the, and the numbers don't lie in the, in the game. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and I, I, I brought that up and I, and I, and I'm thinking about that right now because it, it goes back to the fact uh, Nick Perry, Montrevious Adams issue. Um, and that's just that. And, and this is something that I remember from uh, some like Bill Belichick Brown's documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think when he, or maybe when he was interviewing for head coaching jobs, he had this whole binder uh, where he's talking about the roster construction. And he's basically saying, you need a group of players at this age and you need a group of players at this age and you need a group of players at this age. And these are the, uh, and these are the position breakdowns for each group, or uh, these are the, uh, the type of leaders we need in each group, but we need to fill these slots either through free agency or the draft. Uh, doesn't really matter um, how long it takes to develop as long as we have the depth. Um, but we need to build the core of the team through the draft. And it needs to, you need to have like this, this very good normal distribution of ages uh, through like through your playing career. And uh, that's something that we don't have. We have these huge uh, gaps in, uh, in the center of our roster. 
And uh, that keeps coming back to bite us in the ass. And I, and I know you want to say that, that, that we, we're, we're, we're beating a one in four team with a backup quarterback and a, a injured running back, but it's, it's a Shanahan team. They're well-prepared. They have a lot of depth. Uh, their defensive front seven is good. Um, but, but yeah, we, we should run them out the building. Um, and, and you look at the talent on the field and you wonder, well, who's the more talented team, uh, player to player. And, uh, that's, that's a question. It's a debate and that's a problem. The last three drafts that Demopsy kind of talks about and that, you know, he mentions it should be serving as the heart of the team in 2018. Instead, there's only four full-time starters in Kevin King, defensive tackle, Kenny Clark, who's a beast linebacker, Blake Martinez, and whichever running back Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, uh, you want to, you want to give, uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. yeah. You're looking at three years worth of drafts, and we're looking at four guys, five guys, maybe. I mean, that's not that's you can't have a, a functioning team that way. Yeah, and and you know, say what you will about Ted. Um, I love him too. Um, maybe there is something mental going on at the end there, or something like that. Um, but even just just this last year, uh, look at what the bears did with Khalil Mack and look what the lions did this week with snacks. Harrison, um, the pro football focus rates him like the best run stuffing, uh, D tackle in the league. Um, we just got ran all over, uh, by Matt Breida. And, um, why aren't we making moves like that? Why aren't we trying to get better? Um, that's, that's another frustrating thing is that, that like, who are we, what tape are we watching? What game are we playing? Why do we always sort of believe we're above uh, getting better in the season? Yeah, I, it, it's, a, it's a running joke, really. Uh, if, you, if you follow Packer football on Twitter and things like that, you know, a free agent comes out and you get a bunch of random people saying, oh, yeah, we got to sign him. And, and the people who know are all like, no, it's never going to happen. Uh, just because it doesn't ever happen. If, if, there's a, if there's a mid-year signing, it's for a third-string linebacker that might end up on the practice squad next year. Uh, it's never anything exciting. We never go after anybody. Um, and yet you see other teams constantly making these moves. And I understand that you want some cohesion within your team and you don't want to consistently you know, be sending and, and bringing in and, and flipping everyone around. Um, I get it. That was That's fine. That was cool five years ago. But I think what's happening in the league today is that there is more movement and there needs to be more adjustment. And you're seeing teams hone in on guys and, and taking a little bit more of a chance where we are always so stubborn about it. And I don't know if it comes down to a financial situation, um, if there's some sort of – if that's how they're planning it. But it seems – Again, year after year, we enter the, enter the year with plenty of cap space, plenty of ability. You look at this roster right now, every single star player, you know, of the few that there are, Aaron Rodgers, Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, Mike Daniels, all are locked up. We have them signed to multi-year contracts. 
So there no, there's not really like, where's the other money going? Like, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not worried if we have to resign Fackrell. I don't think that there's going to be a bunch of money going there. You know, haha's the next big name guy, I guess you could say. And considering how the, the league was last year with safeties going into this year, you know, it's a terrible off season for safeties. I don't think that he's going to demand a ton of money. So where's the money going? You can't tell me that it's all in Aaron Rodgers and the rest is being split up between Kyler Fackrell and Dean Lowry and, and guys like that. I, I just, I don't see it. There's got to be some space. There's got to be some ability to go after some of these guys, take the chance and make the team better. We're playing in a division that A, makes moves and B, is getting better and better and better and we're staying the same. Yeah, and it's uh, – I, I understand that it's a small market and that you don't think you're going to be able to retain guys. Um, and it's maybe – But still try. Still get them. Yeah. You can only get them for a year. Get them for a year. The Bashar yeah, Greenland thing I love, and we'll talk about that when we get, with, get into the Ram stuff, but, you know, that's – it's still an opportunity. Like, still make the chance. Take the chance. Maybe I, I hope to God that Breland comes in and just kills it, and maybe that gives Goot some more confidence to start bringing guys in. But yeah, it, it's it's concerning. Yeah, and I, I think the the what you see is that maybe they're a little snake bit. I mean, I think the worst case scenario is kind of like a Martellus Bennett situation, where it becomes like this guy's not very effective, and then. He doesn't want to be here. And then it's a whole parade. Um, and that is the worst case scenario. And we got through it just fine. Um, yeah, and that's the, to me, that's one of those things that cool, man, she didn't like you. She broke up with you. Get over it. Like you're a freaking world-class organization. Go get a different guy. Right. And it's like, it's like uh, not, not playing Aaron Jones because he got hurt last year you can't keep him on the shelf, right? He's not a collectible. You have to play your best players. You can't be, you can't let the past dictate your future actions and you have to look around you and, and, and see what other people are doing. Like if these guys were, you know, running a pension fund or something that some shyster would have, would have stolen all their money already, you know, like, cause they're not being innovative. They're not really, they're doing what other people are doing, but slower. Um, and uh, they're just too conservative in in a way that is not cool or brandable. I think, like, I think Ted Thompson's idea of of like we're going to do this all in house was uh, was was cool and great, and we won a Super Bowl that way. But um, it's a changing league, and uh, there's so much uh, randomness in terms of building out rosters with young guys um that you have to do things beyond the draft and you look at all these great teams they're trading away uh first round picks and moving into free agency or just stocking mid-round picks you look at uh how the patriots do it you look at how the seahawks got good all of the seahawks uh legion of boom were like mid-round picks with the exception of earl thomas um it's it's just we're not we're not doing any of those things, and uh, yeah, it's it's very very frustrating, and the next few weeks are going to be tough. What's up, Packer fans? Ryan Bailey from the Ground Round Grill and Bar here, proud sponsor of the Sweep and the Fuzzy Thurston Sportsman Award. 
Packer season is here, and we're your one-stop shop for entertainment needs. 21 TVs, happy hour seven days a week, daily specials like Tuesday BOGO burgers, and stellar service from our team that's going to make sure you leave happy. If you plan to catch the game action at home, check out our full delivery service offered daily, including breakfast delivery on the weekends. If you're heading north on game day, play it safe with our Packer tailgate bus. 20 bucks will get you safely to and from Lambeau Field, plus a free beer when you get back. Call to reserve your seat at 920-725-1010. Fred, it's back to you. Go Pack Go. All right, thanks, Badly. We are back here with Sean Wilkinson of SB Nation's Turf Show Times. Sean, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. We're always glad to support. We are not excited to talk to you, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think any Packer fan is looking forward to uh, what we have to uh, see on Sunday, the changing of the guard a little bit. Um, we got a few questions uh, as uh, – Packer fans looking at what you guys have built with the Rams, McVay, and your roster. I think t- fans around the NFL are jealous. Uh, Cam, you want to go off? You want to start with a question for him? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're looking this week. Uh, it's, it's the biggest uh, line against – biggest betting line against Aaron Rodgers in his entire career. Yeah. It's uh, plus, plus 9.5. Oh, it's up to um, nine and a half now. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And and uh, it just it just seems like the Rams are a BMF. They are uh, everybody's favorites. Uh, everybody's clicking, and it doesn't really seem like they're in their heads at all. And so I'm just I'm just wondering, what do you think it is about uh, the culture of this team um, and their coaching that has made a a recipe for success for this kind of success in just a couple of years? Um, it's twofold, really. Um, with uh, back when Jeff Fisher was still with the team, it was uh, very lackadaisical. I mean, at first, coming from what was it, fifteen and sixty-five? I don't remember the exact years, but there were five years where we averaged three wins a year. And uh, coming from that to Jeff Fisher, seven wins. I mean, it, it wasn't that bad. It you had you were in every game, but uh, it was very much. Uh, what's the best way to put it? I don't know. Mediocrity seemed to be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the victory Mondays and stuff like that where the team wouldn't have to practice if they won. It was just he was rewarding them for just doing their job, essentially. Whereas when McVeigh came in last year, he instilled uh, – his tagline was, we, not me. Um, and they got rid of – not really got rid of – but they let a lot of players walk that kind of had that selfish attitude. I think that's kind of – that was what was stewing between the team and Truman Johnson all those years. I think that's why they didn't retain uh, Janoris Jenkins in 16. Um, Jared Cook probably, same kind of thing. They, did, they, they, they cut him. Um, so they got rid of some of those players that were kind of taking advantage of that Jeff Fisher mindset. And then they brought in – Golf and that puts uh, Aaron Donald in a leadership position. Gurley was happy to have not a middle school offense anymore. Um, so it, it, it was just kind of a, a perfect storm of, yeah, for three or four years under Fisher, the Rams were looked at as, oh, they're a sleeper. They got a loaded roster that Jeff Fisher 
pardon my language, he'd shit the bed every year. Um, and then turn, turn that to an innovative coach who's driven and it just him and golf seem to click right away. And maybe it's the age thing. Maybe it is because he's a little younger with the Rams younger roster, but it's that combination of getting rid of that. Hey, seven to nine's okay to, Hey, we're going to, we're going to win a damn Super Bowl. So, or try to, at least I didn't say that. <laughs> we know, we know very close what uh shitting the bed has felt like in the last few years. Um, I feel as if, I don't know if you agree with this cam, but I feel like we're getting into that Jeff Fisher type mold where oh yeah you were just we're we're making the playoffs which is great but like that's it like we're that just sounds good enough yeah just the tip that's what we're playing a lot and it's just not fun anymore um i'll say it's 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 kind of exciting to see i think McVeigh is just incredible uh the roster the way it was put together is is awesome i can't say that enough um but do you sense that with this win streak that there's the pressure is going to keep building to remain perfect? Or do you think that McVay has such a good stronghold on his players that he'll be able to keep them legit and, and, and focused? Because you look at the next four to five weeks, you know, you have the Packers. I know we aren't playing as good, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, then we go to New Orleans. And- New Orleans, Seattle's can be a pain in the butt sometimes. Kansas City's coming up. I yeah. mean, you're getting into the thick of it. Do you think that you guys have the potential to, to – to remain perfect and is this is the pressure going to get too much uh i don't think the pressure will be too much for this team this is very this is a very loose team they, they have fun out there i mean it's still while they have added veterans like sue and whitworth and sullivan and just some of those older guys it's still a very young team so it, it might be one of those situations where they don't really understand what's going on in the moment um that being said i do think it would not necessarily benefit them, but I think the team could grow if they did lose one of these four games. I by no means want them to, but I, I, I just fear them getting into uh, the scenario that the uh, Colts were in, I don't know, 10-ish years ago when, when Peyton Manning was consistently 10-0, 11-0, 12-0 every year. They'd get to 14-0, and then they'd sit their starters and lose their last two games, and they'd be flat in the playoffs. So... Um, haven't really dug too much into that. I think this team has the potential if they get healthy to be perfect, but um, the next four games are definitely going to decide whether the pressure is going to get to them or not, because the, that game in Mexico city could very well be a Super Bowl preview the way both these teams are playing. So that game's going to be crazy. That, that chief game in Mexico city. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so talking about those off-season moves, um, like with the exception, I mean, I love Whitworth. He's like he's like a dad. Um, but uh, with the exception of Akib Talib, a lot of those guys don't have experience uh, in the playoffs or with winning. Um, and I'm thinking particularly on the defense now that Talib is out. Um, is it is it where you expected it to be in the off-season? Because I, I mean, for me, I think like the off the offense is better than I thought, and the defense is worse than I thought they were going to be. Um. As far as the defense goes, I think they came out blazing the first two or three games. I mean, we allowed, I think, one one or two touchdowns the first couple games, and it was exactly what all Rams fans were expecting. Sure, the sacks weren't there, but the, the performance was there. Um, the big thing that happened were injuries. I mean, like you said, Tlaib went down. Peters 
he didn't necessarily go down, but he he's not 100%. Um, Brockers has been banged up, so I'm by no means making excuses. Uh, but I think Minnesota exposed the defense a little bit. I think people realize they can throw on us a bit because our safeties can be vulnerable. As good as LaMarcus Joyner is, he is pretty small. He's, I think he's only like 5'8 or 5'9. So teams are realizing that, hey, we don't have to throw to Marcus Peters. Whether it's Sam Shields or Troy Hill, I mean, they can pick on that guy all day and try to keep up with the Rams' offense. So um, I guess the answer is yes, the defense has disappointed a little bit, but I would like to see the entire defense get on the field at the same time before I say it's a problem. Right. Can I almost, I almost forgot that Sam that? Shields. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot that Sam Shields was a Ram. Yeah, yeah, he, he's had his moments, but he's also he's had some bad moments too. So he, he, he I think it was in the uh, it was the week after we played Seattle. I don't remember who we were playing, but it was a Denver game. That's what it was. Uh, he got him and Troy Hill both got kind of picked on by Case Keenum, and it was it wasn't pretty. But you, you can tell the instincts are still there, but he's still trying to catch up from missing all that time. That one breaks my heart. I, I'm a huge uh, Sam Shields fan. Loved when he came in undrafted. Uh, he was one of my favorites. Do you think – I mean, I would imagine, but don't you think that Aaron Rodgers will go after him, knowing his tendencies, knowing his, his ability? Oh, absolutely. I think Rodgers like – I, like I mentioned earlier, like uh, everyone from – well, since Tlaib's been out, has picked on that other side of the field, save for Russell Wilson. He just said, screw it, and threw at Marcus Peters and burned him a couple times. But um, – yeah, I mean, you got the, the Packers would be, I won't say dumb, but it, it's a smart move to throw to that side of the field just because the dip from Marcus Peters, who's an all-pro talent, down to Troy Hill and Sam Shields, I mean, they have their moments, but that, that's a significant dip in talent. So I think that, and I think Jimmy Graham is also going to be a huge target. Tight ends have tore the Rams apart this year. So I think whoever's on, yeah, whoever's opposite of Peters and then uh, Graham are going to be the two primary targets. LeBron goes to LA. Are the Rams <laughs> still the hottest thing in LA though? Um, you know, not being in LA and having a grasp on the what the locals are saying. It's hard to say. Um, but if the last couple of years have taught me anything about the the Rams in L.A., it's that they want to be in the headlines just as much as they want to win. So immediate answer, I, don't, I think the answer is no right now. Le- the LeBron hype is going to kind of damper it. But I think uh, so especially if they continue, the Rams continue winning um, and then – Unfortunately, if the Lakers don't do well, I think the Rams will get back to the forefront of the discussion. And if they don't, I would expect the Rams to do something in the offseason to get back into the limelight. Because with every, there was about well, it was about two or three weeks back in February when they made the Toledo trade. They made the Peters trade. Then a couple, about a month later, they traded for Brandon Cook. So it, it seemed like there's been a conscious effort for them to stay in the headlines. So. Um, maybe not now, but I would expect them to get back there just because of the way the front office has operated since they've been in LA. Well, they've got the formula. They've got the quarterback. They've got the the amazing weapon in Gurley, potentially MVP candidate. 
You have arguably another MVP candidate on the other side with Donald. And you have the young, exciting, not I shouldn't say eccentric, eccentric in his playbooks, coach and McVeigh. I mean, it's 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 this Hollywood story right there. It's it's yeah, it's been kind of fun to watch. Uh, I'm a little terrified of it, but to keep going with McVeigh, I mean, I I've, I don't know if you've seen the video he went with uh, was it Sims and and the other guy and he started rattling off exact plays that they were asking. Yeah, his memory is ridiculous. I've seen those clips, too. And it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, like it, it... Third and six, we're getting this play. This was a throw. This is what happened. I'm just like... Yeah, he's... Like 10 years ago, with, yeah. When he was with Washington, they're like, oh, yeah, it was third quarter, second and 18, you're on the 34, and he lists the exact play, the yeah. exact outcome. I mean, it's insane. It's Rain Man stuff. It's unbelievable. We're seeing sort of this this new trend in the NFL with these younger, you know, offensive coordinators and their success. You can see it a little bit with Shanahan. Obviously, Garoppolo goes down. Um, McVay and Goff have obviously stapled that. What are his biggest and best strengths outside of his memory? And is is he going to just be able to tear this league apart for the next couple of years? Um, two things. One is getting his players to play for him. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just his personality. Maybe it's how he's running things behind the scenes. But the players will do anything for him, and he'll listen to his players too. So that's, that's a mutual type relationship. So I think that's a huge part of it. He's definitely a player's coach. Um, I think it was the Seattle game where they went forward on fourth and one, and they were going to punt, but the players talked him into going for it to seal the game. So that relationship plays a lot into it. Um, the other part that I think is significant, and it's more – his role in the offense and as head coach. But it's just little tweaks and plays. Um, when you watch the game on uh, Sunday, you'll hear a lot of this uh, – I forget the term they use um, – the illusion of complexity type thing. They're doing the same thing over and over, whether it's the motion with the jet sweep and then the give to Gurley or fake the give to Gurley and do the jets. Like, it's the same thing. They run 95-plus percent of their plays out of 11 personnel. So they're not changing who's yeah. on the field. They're just changing who's moving on the field and then trying to distract the defense that way. And I think you're going to see a lot more of uh, the young coaches around the league pick up on that because um, even when I'm watching, I mean, I watch them every week. I think I know what's going to happen when they put someone in motion and then it's something completely different. So, I mean, this year they have this – they'll put one of the receivers in motion on jet sweep They'll fake the jet sweep and then just throw a toss in the other direction to Gurley, and no one's there because that motion got the entire defense moved. So I've ne- I'd never seen that before, and it's just those little things where he's combining small elements to make a huge impact. It's, it's almost like a Rube Goldberg machine offense in that he just adds yeah. um, like another wrinkle to the machine every week. Um, it is really exceptional. And I was looking at those stats like – I think they, they, they have the highest um, percentage run out of 1-1 personnel. Yeah. Um, they have the second lowest drop back percentage. Like, it's, it's a pretty vanilla offense statistically, but they're doing all this amazing stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's, something, uh, that we've, it's something we've been literally screaming on our show for our coaches to – I mean, we all see it. We all notice it. And yet, you know, we don't run it and we're looking at it and we're like, for the love of God, 
run some motion here. And I've, I've told everyone that I've talked to about the, the game that's asked me, and I said, watch. Watch every single play how much you see people moving before that snap is open. I'm like, it's, 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 it's remarkable. McVay's just yeah. a genius. I mean, it's a testament to the players, too. I mean, just the knowledge level. They were called uh, – I think it was the Fox announcing team a couple weeks ago was saying, like, Gurley knows all – he not only knows his assignment, he knows each lineman's assignment and what the receivers are supposed to be doing on each play. I mean, just like a quarterback would. So that's why he can kind of hit those smaller holes because he knows where everyone's going to be. So I think – that and then the experience on the offensive line and then um, McVay simpling things down for golf early on last year, kind of giving him that confidence has paid huge dividends this year, even if we did go out the wild card round last year. All right, Cam, you got anything else for him? Yeah. So I, I just, just one last one, uh, just kind of an outsider perspective. Uh, how do you beat the Packers? What do you have to do? Uh, simplest answer is keep number 12 in check. Don't let him beat you. I mean, um, your guys' running game isn't the strongest, and, I mean, you guys are good. But being a Rams fan, I don't think any defense in the NFL can stop the Rams right now. So if we can keep number 12 from putting 30-35 up, I, th- I think that's, that's the best way to beat them. I don't know if that'll be enough. I don't think so either. <laughs> it's going to be a fun 400 game. yards, maybe. It's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. I mean, yeah, the record doesn't show up. You guys are still a talented team. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Rams go up against that experience level that you guys have. You've been to a, deep in a couple of playoff runs. Maybe not the last couple of years, but you have that experience on your team. So it's going to be the fun best to thing, watch. The best thing we have going for us is that we had a week to prepare. <laughs> that's, all we, that's the only thing that we're good for right now and that sucks because you know what for a long time we've been we've been on your side of the podcast yeah. we've gotten to be like well we're awesome at this we're doing this great look at our quarterback look at this and you know I'm like and I'm, I'm happy for you guys it's really cool I mean I like the Rams much more than certain other teams but uh man it's different to be on the other side of the coin Cameron I'm, I'm stressing out a little bit here I, I feel like as a Rams these fan, interviews I, aren't, these interviews are not getting as fun as they used to be. That's for sure. But I mean, on my side of that coin, it makes this run that much nicer. I mean, sure. last year was amazing. I was not expecting 12, 11, 12 wins, whatever we had last year. I think it was 11. Um, and I certainly wasn't expecting a seven and zero start this year, but it makes it that much more enjoyable that, Hey, Sure, they've sucked since 2004 or whatever when they were 8-8 eight and eight mid playoffs. But it's fun to watch. It makes football exciting. I mean, I'm not saying that winning ever gets old, but it makes it more memorable, I suppose, too. So, Well, we're so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> except on Sunday. Yeah, except on Sunday. I, I will be uh, have, attending every church service up until the game. Um hmm. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's pretty impressive. I think that the Rams have set the bar for what the teams around the league need to be doing. Uh, yeah. Me and Cameron were just talking before he came on, and just the the way you guys have assembled it has just been uh, it's been great. It's been it's kind of fun to watch. So um, I know my son is twelve, and he 
won't tell me to my face, but I know he keeps an eye on the Rams because they're the fun team right now. Yeah. Um, you know, girl, I love Gurley. I love him from Georgia. My stepmom's from Georgia, so I, I kind of always kind of watch that. So yeah. I like that. Donald's great. We can go into that, but I'm not going to. I'm sick of talking about how good your team is. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, though, man. It was awesome, and uh, thank you for your service. Absolutely. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. But, yeah, man, I'm so sick of talking about how good they are. That's like, sucks, man. I want to be able to talk about how good it's, we are. Yeah, I know, man. I, I'm, and I'm just thinking, like, you're going to have to switch into, like, the Browns mentality of just, like, okay, it's 30 to nothing. This is, like, a preseason game. Let's see what these young guys can do. <sighs> we shouldn't be at that point, though. That's, the, that's like, the fucking Exactly. Problem. And I'm not. I, no, I'm I not don't. there mentally I'm not, yet. I'm never going to give up. Like, I mean – the only time I ever, I ever, I guess you could say give up, and I didn't really. I still watched every game. Was when Rodgers went down last year. That was really hard. But oh man, yeah. um, watching Brett Hundley play. Oh. It's it's such a a changing of the guard, and I think it's like this. It, it how? But that shows that, you how shitty how shitty the organization has been doing yes, when when yes. when Rodgers went down. Yes, and that's like that. Like I was gonna say, like if this isn't going to be the most obvious fucking slap in the face look at what you're not doing then i don't know what is because you look at everything that and, and I, I get it you have to get lucky so, sometimes you have to get hit on a girly you have to hit on a donald you know Goff didn't look that great his first year but everything has meshed mixed in with some free agency mixed in with some trading like he pointed out of some 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 bad apples um, yeah, and it's it's not like they haven't made mistakes. I mean, look at for like, sure like every Trey team Mason does. And, yeah, yeah, and and um, uh, Sammy Watkins didn't work out there. Like you know, they, but they kept trying all these different all these moves. I mean, Sucks. what's the worst that can happen? Is it's 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 this? It's this purgatory. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, and that sucks. Nope. And that I mean. The Hunley thing, it kind of reminds me of this football story. Um, when I transferred, we played this school um, in in middle of Pennsylvania. They were really good. They were kind of like a powerhouse. And like the year before, they had been awesome. Um, but we went out there, and they had like huge offensive line. They had two six five receivers. They had a pretty good defense. Um, but their quarterback had like this pop gun arm. And we played him. We played him pretty well, but we beat him like thirty-five to sixteen or something. And we were trying to figure out like why this team was like that. And it was because Matt Ryan had graduated the year before, and like uh-huh. with Matt Ryan gone, the team was terrible. And it was it was just it was cool. I was like, oh, I played against Matt Ryan's team in high school, but but no, like they had all this talent. They had a bunch of D one talent, but they could not do anything without a quarterback. Yeah. I was surprised that they went after as many people as they did um, just because, you know, I knew that they were going to have to pay golf. I knew they were going to have to play Donald. I knew they were going to have to play Gurley. Um, so to go after like Ndamukin and Marcus Peters and uh, all of that, like it's just cooks and stuff. That's, it's definitely the win now approach, which seems to be kind of, the the hot ticket and it, as it should be, I, I don't understand why Green Bay cannot adapt to that and and think, 
holy shit, we have Aaron Rodgers. Probably not for that long because as, as honest as I have to be about it, I, I see him just abruptly just being done at some point, and we're all going to be left standing there like, what the fuck? And I think that that feeds into his ego. But now's the time. Like, let's pull some triggers. Like, let's just do it. And I've for a good portion of his career – I mean, up till really, honestly, till now, I, I, I've always said, no, let's just draft and develop. Let's keep it going so we're not lock, locked in a shitty position. And I'm getting yeah. antsy. I'm like, the la- I feel like I have to probably be one of the last people to be like, okay, this is it. This is enough. Like, let's fucking make some moves here. And there's a lot of big names. Like, we've seen a lot of big names get moved around the last couple of years. And they've all successfully traveled to other, other teams. You know, why not go after Marcus Peters last year or the offseason? You know, considering what our secondary looked like. That way you don't have to waste two picks. I shouldn't say waste, but use two picks on corners right off the bat. You know, why didn't you? It's twofold, too, because you didn't see the potential of Taysom Hill. You didn't see the potential of Casey Hayward. Um you, if you if you want to draft and develop, keep the guys that are good, you know, yeah. like, and you got to think that Micah Hyde, Casey Hayward, a, a, a uh, sort of Swiss Army knife like Taysom Hill, like those kind of things would help us win games right now. Big time. Yeah, Micah Hyde, I, I never liked the uh, letting him ride out. Um, he was just too... Uh, too versatile. You know, he could play slot. He could play outside if we needed him to. He could play some safety. He could play some, you know, hybrid kind of positions. Um, that one hurt. And then the other one that really hurt, and I know it's maybe not as sexy and you know, maybe not as dire as it has turned out to be, but I still think it was so dumb to get rid of J.C. Treader. You know, yeah. to have someone who literally could play any position and played every position well, you let him ride and let him run. And and granted, Ted's been pretty much flawless with the offensive line um, and getting some pretty premier talent in latter rounds. But uh, he's the kind of guy that you can, you know, he should be playing guard, center, guard, tackle. Like he should be the reason we don't have any issues on our offensive line. Right, and like Spriggs is another guy. He's like that middle of the roster hole. Yeah, uh, he's just not not who he's supposed to be. Yeah, that one hurts too to move up in the second. Josh, jo- yeah. Josh Jones as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Jones is a he's a hybrid type. He's not a safety. He's not a strong safety. Like he just he has absolutely no coverage skills. No, you bring him down into the box and you want to, you know, stop some runs. Yeah, I think he's a fantastic option. Maybe not fantastic, but he's a good option. But if it's like third and 17, I don't feel comfortable with Jones back there. I don't feel comfortable with Bryce back there. I don't feel comfortable with really any of our safeties right now. And that's an issue. I I feel more comfortable converting Tremont at this point, who has never played safety at any point in his football career. You know what? And I thought about that, and I was going to bring that up. Thank you. Um, 
because he seems like a, that would be a really smart idea. He's got a lot of that ball hawking ability. He's he's got that ranginess, but is he too small? Well, you just think like so. so well, I'm just Bryce, looking for someone to play like left field here. Yeah, exactly. So I know Bryce is is uh, not as bad as I think he is in my head, right? Like I know he can't be he that can't. bad. But me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really it's only two or three plays a game. I mean, everybody gets beat in the NFL, but it's a few really critical plays in a game. But that's that's the kind of thing that Tremont wouldn't let happen. Like Tremont might give up, uh, might not be as effective in tackling, might not be as effective in terms of the ground he can cover. But yeah, I don't think he would let that happen. I think your your best option for safety if we're going to ride this Tremont thing is you let Tremont line up 30 yards back like haha is and bring haha back up, bring him back up to what he played his pro bowl year, which was your classic safety free safety position where he was lined up appropriately, not 40 yards down the field and let him kind of play the run, let him kind of get involved and then let just Tremont just, wave back and forth on the field and, and find his spot. Um, I mean, yeah. it makes sense, especially if you, if you have Breland uh, taking snaps uh, this week. Super excited. Who is, he gonna, who is he going to replace? Because I think he's an upgrade, but I mean, it's probably Tremont, right? In terms of I athleticism. Would, I would think so, yeah. I think you go King, Jackson... Breland, Jair, not in that order, just I think those are your four, which right. sounds pretty nice. I mean, yeah, young, inexperienced, but the way that the, those rookies have played and King, and King has played when he's healthy, I mean, shows a ton of potential. But then again, we go back to when he was healthy or when he's healthy situation with Kevin King, and that's, that's another issue. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot to figure out. Too much to figure out. There's too many uh, missing pieces. And I feel like there really shouldn't be. Like at this point in the game, this point in like where we are with Aaron Rodgers, like it sucks that we're like, practically in a rebuilding phase well you, you just look at what every everything that everybody else has done in terms of building or finding that quarterback and like the resources they spend on finding that quarterback and then once they do everything is so easy because they just build around that rookie quarterback contract yep we've had this embarrassment of riches for 10 years and we've never done that we've never sold out for him. And I think we built a pretty good offensive line there. I mean, but yeah, I mean, Charles Woodson, but yeah, if you're, if you're, if you can't do it in the draft, you have to do it through free agency, but you have the same amount of capital as everybody else. And everybody else does the same amount of hours in the day. And like, you know, there's no excuse after 10 years and you're trying the same thing and you're just banging your head against the wall. 
Uh, you're not trying anything new. You're not innovating. It's brutal. Definition of insanity, dude. Yep. Yep. And that's messed up. I mean, why are we doing this? We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Insanity. Like, it's it's ridiculous. We shouldn't have to come on this show and, and talk about all of the reasons why we're not good. We should be talking about all the reasons we are good. And you look at teams like, I think... New Orleans is the most comparable team to, to Green Bay. Um, give a little edge when it comes to Kamara, obviously, I think. But here's the thing, is that I think that with Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery, you could have that same kind of effect of Ingram and Kamara. It's just we don't utilize it. Yeah. But when you look at, when you look at talented quarterback, uh, decent offensive line, a stud receiver, um, in a pretty decent defense with some young talent that can show up to play when they need to. But you don't look at the Saints defense and think fantastic, but there's some good parts there. Uh, same with Green Bay, you know. There's some good parts there. Uh, but my point is so why does, why does with New Orleans, but, scare me so much more? Right, that's my point. Why the hell are they so much better? You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees, I would think. Oh, so yeah. Why are we not? Why, why are we not more advanced? Why are we not ahead of them? And yet, we look like we're slowly fading into the dark, and New Orleans is is on the rise again. They haven't done anything drastic. You know, they haven't brought in any crazy free agents. They haven't, you know, they haven't necessarily hit too much on their their drafts. I mean, they've had a couple Lattimore obviously is good. Um, Kamara. Well, I think, I think, but they've done just enough, you know, they've, they've traded uh, out of draft position. Like, like the Eagles did that too, when they were stacking for their Super Bowl run was trading their first round picks away because even if you hit on that guy, like he's not as sure a thing as a, as a good free agent. Um, And you look at what they did with Eli Apple. You look at what they did on their uh, their back end. They're doing just enough to um, maintain to, to keep innovating and keep keep improving. And and you kind of saw this transition with Breeze, where he's still. I mean, he's not throwing for you know eighty times a game. They're still they're still throwing a lot, but he's he just there's no pressure on him because it's it's you're getting run over by Kamara you're getting run over by Melvin Ingram and then you're getting play action and or you're getting a receiver in space like right off the line of scrimmage and you don't even like he's just a distributor and it's, he's still allowed to be excellent and there are still of course times where he is transcendent and he performs really well but um it's it's not on him and I think that was the transition that they made that we haven't made. We still rely on the transcendent quarterback play. We have not built things around him. Um, you know, it's like having a, a beautiful view and just repeatedly building a shitty house that could fall down when there's a storm. Like you just, you, you're not taking advantage of what you have there. And, and it's, 
man, it's, it's, it's tough to watch because there's, there's 32 other examples. And I, you know, I don't think half the teams in this league are well run, but there's a lot of other examples of teams that are doing things that I wish we would do just a little bit. Like we don't have to go crazy. And I get that we're a small market and we're a conservative team, but just a couple, a couple moves would make me happy. Just a tip. Just a tip. I mean, I mean, you look at, you look at what happened when, when Mo Wilkerson uh, went out last week and, and Kenny Clark was paying 95% of the snaps, um, but we were getting run over and it was, yeah. but just that one little free agency addition guy in the back end of his career was helping us so much in the run game. Um, and now, you know, how do you scheme for Gurley? It's, it's just, it's a whole another ball game. Yeah, um, I'm going to quick say something, and then I'm going to end the meeting because I was recording all that because I think sometimes that's the best. And uh, and then I'll start a new meeting so we don't have to get into that crappy 40-minute time period thing. Okay. All right. All right. It's tough. And, and there's still there's a significant part of me who still thinks, like, we can win uh, win this week, you know? Well, and here's – okay, so let's get into that, you know, before we call it a show – Who's to say we can't win? Who's to say that there's still not an option for us to win? Because let me point out a few reasons why I think we have a shot. One, albeit always Aaron Rodgers. We don't know. He could come out and ball out. He could come out and just have a chip and just mess stuff up. Two, he's the healthiest he's been all year. Healthiest he's been all year. Two, you're bringing back Cobb and Geronimo, which I think is, is going to obviously help a lot. Um, I know that they're not, you know, top 10 receivers, but Cobb has the potential to open the field and Geronimo has done nothing but make big plays. Three, and I think this is kind of where I'm most excited, um, is the resurgence, I guess you could say almost, or the recovery of a lot of people. Uh, We've had some injury issue. I, I love the idea of getting back Jair Alexander, uh, Kevin King gets rested up. You got Jackson and the new addition of Bashaw Breland. As good as Cooks is, as good as Gurley is, as good as that offense is, we will have a full strength secondary. And I think outside of the safety position, which we talked about earlier, that's a pretty solid defense. They're young enough to make some plays. They're also young enough to maybe screw up, but I could see Rodgers playing it out, receivers tearing up their secondary, our secondary, and hopefully Petten being aggressive enough that you send Jair off of some nice slot blitzes or whatever it may be, and you just get in Goff's head early. The problem that I still always come back to, even when I, I, I drum up this, this Hollywood ending for us, is that when you match up McVeigh and McCarthy, we just don't even stand in the same room. And that's my, that's my biggest concern because when it comes down to it, even if we come out and we play, we start off real hot, chances are, this is just according to history, McCarthy's going to fault and he's going to just take a shit in the middle of the second or the third quarter and our lead, if we have one, 
we'll dwindle and then we'll play from behind and we maybe just might win. But there should be an opportunity for us to put up some points early and, and make it a shootout. And then let's see what happens. Yeah. If, if history holds, um, this will be one of those games where, yeah, where we won't be able to stop them. And if we have a turnover or we stall in the first half, it'll get out of hand. Um, and what I'm hoping for is, A, a lot of change of pace um, throughout the game. Um, I'd like to see a lot of no huddle. Um, I think we could do some really cool things on offense. Um, and, you know, we've had two weeks to watch this team. And the week before that, you're watching um, a uh, Shanahan team. You're going to pick up some tricks. And hopefully you're going to um, have some tricks of your own up your sleeve. Um, two, I think that just keep it simple. Just think about Cooks flying down the field running past Bryce and how you can stop that. Try to stop that from happening three times. Like, like it can happen twice. I'll, I'll give you two Bryce touchdowns with cooks. Like I'll give you those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about that defense. You're going to have to send a lot of exotic pressure. Uh, their offensive line has gotten better um, than I thought it would be. Uh, you know, you hope you can do something there because um, we're not getting covered sacks, you know, and we're not getting uh, pressure picks. So, like, you're right. Goff does suck when he's under pressure. Like, he's not that good. He's not that accurate normally, but their schemes are such that everybody's out in space and he makes pretty good decisions. So he doesn't need to be that accurate. Um, but... Uh, there's a, there's a few recipes here, and, and, and I think those are really important, and I think making sure that Todd Gurley can't get first downs at will um, with, like, five, six yards of carry, um, like, I, that seems low for me. So that's, that's the scary one for me. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a, a combination of being able to – the Gurley thing, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you stop him. Um, he's incredible. And we've managed to let a lot of half-ass running backs do pretty well against us. Jordan Howard, Delvin Cook, Adrian Peterson, obviously not the same as before. Kerryon Johnson, uh, Ricky Mostert from freaking San Fran, for gosh sakes. Mostert, Mostert, whatever the hell his name is. Um, I mean, those aren't even comparable to Gurley. So it's going to be tough. Um, the thing is, is that, and I, I don't even know if we want to get in, into, you know, the fact that they have Aaron Donald and Nadamik and Sue, who obviously has a history with Aaron Rodgers. But the weirdest thing about it, and something that I could see happening, is we come out and we beat the Rams. We come out of the, the bye, which McCarthy's usually been pretty successful with. We shock the world. And we pull everyone into this falsehood that the Packers are the Packers of before when we all know damn well, that's not the truth, but I could see us beating the Rams, you know, just to give us enough to like get us through like week 10 and then we'll all start worrying again because then we'll, by that point we'll be like, well, you know, we still beat the Rams. No, that was a long time ago. Um, well, there's I lots just, of, I mean, there's surprising there's... that that kind of thing happened. Yeah, and and that's that that seems to, I mean, again, historically, that seems like the type of win we have in seasons like this. Um, 
And there's lots of little things you can do. Like you can put uh, extra receivers on the field, try to pull some of those defensive linemen off the field. Um, I, I think their linebackers are kind of suspect. Um, and you can just spread them out. Like you're going to have to spread them out uh, anyway uh, with what we're doing on the offensive line and with Rogers health in question. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's tons of little things. And if we do all those, if we execute really well, and maybe if the Rams come out flat, um, and it, but, but I mean, we could beat them convincingly. I mean, maybe the defense gels, maybe Jair Alexander turns into Revis this week. Um, you know, like there's, there's coming of age type games. Um, but yeah, like there's still that core of the roster is missing. And, and I think, I think you can, you can make a playoff push with this team. If, if everything falls into place and everything goes well, you can win games, but, um, for long-term health, for, for, for kind of continuing things like you're, you're looking at a couple year project here. Um, so you just, I think you just got to kind of be patient. Um, you got to keep cheering for the team, but you know, I think we got to, I think we genuinely have to consider McCarthy going though. Like that has to be an option oh, yeah. because it's just, it's not working anymore. I think he's losing the, the, the locker room. I think he's losing his players. And I told someone the other day, I, I said in the last five years, 10 years, when we got done watching a game that we won, did you look over at your buddy and go, man, McCarthy, you really want us that one? No. Like if we did say that, it was sarcastic. Like it's never been about the scheme. It's never been about McCarthy's play calling. It's never been about his game management unless that was negative. It's always been Aaron Rodgers. It's always been what he's done. And I'm not usually that kind of guy who wants to put so much praise on a single person. But in this circumstance, I think that applies because I just don't think that McCarthy is doing anything to bolster this team except for bring us down. That's it. He chains us. He I, I think he's a, us. he's a good coach. He's, he's better than the bottom half of the league. And I think if he left the Packers, he would be successful. Um, I, cause I think he would yes. be forced to read. I think he'd be forced to change up his, his, his playbook. And I think he does have the mind and I think he does have the ability to be a great coach, but for some reason he's stuck and he won't change the playbook. He won't change the culture and, and the, the schemes. And I think that's, yeah. The, well, here's something interesting, too, is that when uh, Goot this summer said, uh, you know, over the next couple of years, we've got to draft a quarterback um, or we've got to draft an heir for Aaron Rodgers. And um, it was like at the end of a press conference and Mike McCarthy was coming in to do his press conference or something. And they were kind of talking about it. And he's like, oh, I'll be in my in my armchair while you're watching you do that. So. I, I think maybe he just wants to be done soon too. Maybe he and Rogers want to ride out together. I don't know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> like the, the poor man's Belichick Brady, but um, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, there needs to be a fire lit under these guys or lit under this team. And you thought that you might've done that last year when you changed some of the coaching staff, but yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. And I hope that internally, um, we're getting more 
I don't know, I guess more pressure to succeed. I mean, I mean, I, I expect excellence from this team. All right. We got uh, three and a half minutes left of this free session. Do we want to cover anything else or do we want to call it a, call it a show? I got some editing for sure to do, but we have some good stuff. We we got a lot of conversations in there. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Um, you want to throw out a prediction or are we just going to not do that this week? Uh, my prediction is that we cover the spread. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go with you on that. I don't want to, I don't put any numbers out, man. I'm scared. Um, and that's yeah, weird. We'll you see. know, I, I'll throw one, I'll throw out a victory uh, potential here. Um, I'm going to say, Oof. 41 to 35. Just in case that happens, then I have it on, on air. Okay. All right. I think it ends up yeah, being a Aaron shootout. J- I think it's a shootout. I think, I think McCarthy, I think we saw a little bit against the Niners that first drive, and I think he's going to come with some funk and he's going to try to do some crazy shit. And I think we're going to see some utilization of these, these pieces that we haven't seen it. And we're going to run up, we're going to put some points on the board. We're also going to give up some points just because of the sheer ability of the offense of the, of the Los Angeles Rams. Well, I hope we, I hope we bring lots of funk. I mean, I, I would appreciate that. I like the funk. Oh yeah. I'm down with travel the too. We got, what do we got? Pats next week. Yeah. Cross country. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone hold on tight. We got a ride going here. All right. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, go back. Go. Go back. <laughs> <laughs>